landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about. time for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage matters. Mortgage matters. Morning, everybody. Morning, Dan. Morning. Am, am I in a? Am I in a more? I still didn't hear your good morning. Good morning. I don't hear you still. Oh. Give it a whack again. Am I there? Yeah. No. Am I? Gotcha. Yeah, we got new equipment in here, and I'm still messing with stuff a little bit. Dude, so you should be there now. You're good now. I'm here. <laughs> Am I? You weren't before. You were like in a vacuum. Can you not hear yourself? I can't hear myself. Oh, I can hear myself. This is a test of the Mortgage Matters broadcast system. Got in here first thing this morning, and I'm admiring all the fancy new equipment. New flat screens, new headphones. There you go. Well, Jason's not got the new headphone yet. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Is that why these ones are (laughs) like this? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like end of the year. You know, they're probably getting all their write-offs in. Made too much money selling too they've, many commercials. Well, they've been listening way too. Yeah, they've been listening to the financial stuff on Mortgage Matters and they, making good investments. That's it. Knowing where to be and when to be there. Yeah, it's a common story. <laughs> Hear it all the time. <laughs> Epic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, average income of our peer group has increased dramatically since they've met us. Well, see, I. This is really. Yeah. I got new monitors. Did you even notice? I got new monitors too. It's really, I, I have trouble seeing over all these other monitors that are here. Yeah. Yeah. It's like three Crazy. times the number of monitors that never <laughs> existed in this room. Huh. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to give a quick thanks to Jeff from Motor Mouse for the, the nice segue into our show. Yeah. Hope. By the way, yeah. Jeff Bradley is coming back after you guys next week. So it's going to be four solid hours. local programming. Awesome. Wow. Yes. All that's right. Great. When's that starting? October? Starting next week. Next week. Cool. That's very exciting. All right. So uh, set your alarm clocks next Saturday, 8 to noon, local talk radio. That's a big day of uh, yammering on about <laughs> <laughs> Are you on all four hours? No. <laughs> Thank God, dude. Yeah. Could you imagine that? There would be no <laughs> listeners left at the end. Everyone just sleeping. Uh well, we're sure happy to be here. Yeah. I'm sure happy to be here. I'm, I'm feeling pretty pumped about it, Yeah, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Hey, well, uh, what's new, Dan? I noticed that you traded in the A's hat. Now you got the Niners hat on. It's football season, baby. Yeah. Yeah, baseball's over, right? <laughs> it ended like a month and a half ago. Yeah, it <clears throat> sure could be over for you guys, but... Uh... We don't need to talk about baseball today. Yeah. Uh, Anything good with the 49ers? Yeah. Any of your players being arrested for assaulting people? Uh, we did two weeks ago. We oh. had someone who got. Uh, <laughs> I was just kidding. Got in trouble for was... a potential domestic violence issue. What's with the NFL having people like constantly in trouble with the law? The National Felons League. Yeah. yeah. They don't really have that in baseball. It's kind of a rare thing. Yeah, I think there's a different kind of maturing process in baseball with the depth of the farm system and people not awarded riches at at, at least not too often at really young ages. Yeah. Very unlike basketball and football where we've got 21-year-olds becoming millionaires and not knowing how to handle their fame and fortune. Eesh. Yeah. 
All right. That's just well, my two the cents. The National so. Felon League. I like <laughs> it. That acronym's been around for a while. Or that play on the acronym, I should say. That, that's been around for decades because this isn't... <laughs> Well, Problems all, in the NFL aren't new. It no. all kind of started with O.J. Simpson, and then, you know, it's just, you know, it's, so it's built. Right? Yeah, yeah. And former and current players. <laughs> um, it is all the talk, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, indeed. So this week uh, didn't seem like there was an awful lot of economic data that came out. Um, no, just more talk about that dumb Apple Watch. Nah, <laughs> you're so unimpressed by Apple I right am. now. Just by the watches in general. Yeah. Hey, well, they made the phone bigger, though. Cool. My phone's, like, pretty big. <laughs> Does it in fact, still I, make phone calls? I like its compact size and the way that it fits in my pocket. As long as the phone makes phone calls, it works for me. Yeah, it's a big deal, though. I actually am friends with a grown man who slept outside the store for three days to get one. Wow. Maybe just to be the first to hear the news or something. But yeah, camping for three days. There's not many things I want that bad. Not that I'm willing to stand outside for. And I've never even done something like that. I've seen people do that for like concerts and stuff, mainly on TV and things. Have you ever done that, Jim? Just sat out in front of some business for days Sorry, on end. no, I have a life. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> a strange thing. Yeah. No, I've never done that. So, yeah, a little bit of headlines there. Um, not a whole lot else, though. Uh, we did pick up a, a little bit of uh, a few different things here. And I, of course, didn't want to get on the show today and not know where to go. So I brought a couple of other kind of bigger picture things that I think would be neat to talk about. Um, so let's jump in. What All do right. you think? Are yeah, you ready? sounds good. Yeah, I just want <clears throat> to very quickly invite the callers that uh, le or let them know that the phone lines phone lines are open all show long. Sure. For the for the next two hours, you can call in and ask a question or share a comment. Yeah, you know, um, I always really like that when when somebody calls in and asks a question about something um, maybe related to a loan that they didn't get one time and um, or a loan that they they have and are considering changing or um, even questions about how you might uh, rework your loan to be able to retire sooner. I, I like all of those kinds of questions. If you guys want to call in and ask them, do it 543-8830. We'll take calls through the whole show. Yeah, I actually mentioned to 920kvec.com. Motor Mouse had a call off the web from St. Louis, Missouri this morning. No way. Yes. That's so pretty cool. Maybe we need to mention that a little bit more too. 920kvec.com. I will tell you that we, this, whether it's KVEC or us or somehow word is getting out because we get so many calls during the week from out of state. Yeah. yeah, regularly from the East Coast, mm -hmm. you know, the yeah, South. We're, we're beginning to have to qualify our clients with what state are you in before yeah. before we really. I mean, mm -hmm. we still answer their questions and stuff the yeah. best we can, but you know, it's some. It's been a while since we've lived in different states, so it's difficult to know if there's something about their state laws that are going to, you know, impact the transaction. I, I will just throw it out there that we are licensed in the state of Colorado. Colorado. So if you're in Colorado and you happen to be listening to the show, we can actually work with we you. We can help you. We understand so, your state. That's great. But much in the same vein of, of the show before us, Motor Mouths, 
we're great problem solvers. So if you have anything real estate or mortgage related that you either just want to talk about or, or need a problem solved, that's what we're here for. Uh, you know, we really want to be a resource and a, an outlet for you to get your questions answered. So um, I'll start you off with what might sound like a riddle. What has like hundreds of billions of dollars worth of debt and is about to double in payment? <laughs> uh, that sounds like uh, <laughs> treasury debt. <laughs> no, really um, going to get a lot more of this in the next few years here. But home equity lines of credit that uh -huh. were taken out in 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005. Um, these things are hitting their 10-year mark now. And it's a, it, it really is a big deal because the the line of credit when and remember like 10 lines years of credit ago, were being handed out like those credit card applications i talked to a gal yesterday who bought a house and made a 30 percent down payment and they gave her a loan for 70 percent, right and then went ahead and gave her a line of credit for the 30 back that she just put down and said ah if you ever need it and then as you know, things played out, it ultimately got used because it's kind of the thing if you go through problems with cash flow, ended up kind of doing debt consolidation and now has a problem with this loan. And it's a problem that literally millions of Americans are going to have. So let's take this phone call and then when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But let's go to Mary from AG. Good morning. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Morning, gentlemen. Got a question, a couple quick real estate questions. Mm -hmm. Um, senior housing, how, is there a, what's the typical age definition or is there a real estate definition for that? You know, most of the projects that end up deed restricted for some sort of age requirement, um, it's up to them to pick it. So we see them range, um, it's usually 55 most and over. Most of the time it's 55 and over. Um, but it will vary from project to project. And also, um, not everybody realizes this, but oftentimes those projects have um, guidelines by which exceptions can be made too. Um, if somebody for some reason or another needs to be living in that deed-restricted project where they don't quite meet the age requirement, there's usually a workaround. And then from a, a loan standpoint, or I guess two questions, uh, how, does, how does that affect a loan? Um, or does it? And then in the long term, how is that viewed from a value? Sure. Um, okay. Great questions, by the way. I love it. Um, so first of all, from a lending standpoint, lenders may not discriminate based on age. Um, just a couple short years ago, we gave a 94-year-old man a 30-year fixed rate loan. Awesome. Um, the loan's probably going to outlive him, but it, no questions can even be asked about that. So from a lending standpoint, from that angle, age of borrower, um, no bearing at all in the transaction as long as you're over 18 and able to enter into a contract. As far as buying in one of those projects um, and financing it, yeah, you get into a little bit of a tricky spot. And let me, let me tell you why. Most of the time in underwriting guidelines, you got to think in terms of if I'm going to make you a loan, and I'm going to assume for purpose of the discussion that you are not going to make the payments to me. Now I own this property. Um, is it a property that I'm happy to own? Is it highly marketable? Am I likely to be able to get my money back out of it? 
Um, in some of those deed restricted areas where you limit the marketability now to people that are over 55 only, a lot of lenders don't feel comfortable with that. They don't understand the local area. And so it's easier for them to just say, no, we don't accept any kind of deed restrictions. Um, Cause there are other kind of deed restrictions too, that, that limit who you may sell the property to or when it may be sold. And those kind of deed restrictions, the banks just often feel impeded by. So um, it, it can have an impact to marketability. However, um, for the most part, there are plenty of programs that do allow deed restricted properties as a property type. And it is something that we work with. Um, it just takes lenders that are, I, I like to think that they're a little bit more, um, they're up to speed on, on how to make intelligent credit decisions and be able to defend them rather than, you know, cause anybody can say no, but to be able to comfortably say yes and, and make it a, a sound business decision. And there are plenty of banks that do. So this isn't the, the appetite for these deed restricted type of properties. The, these are more based on bank appetite rather than Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Jenny Mae. That's right. You, know, you can get a conventional loan. You can get a government loan. It's just a matter of whether the bank that offers the loan has the appetite for the deed. Yeah. And same thing, you know, as any other unique characteristic to a property, they want to see comps to know that it's comparable in the marketplace, that that unique condition isn't so unique that they're going to lend on the only one in town. Um, so I think the final part of your question then is how does it really impact value? Uh, I'm going to say in an area where the comps are plentiful and that type of project is plentiful, like in San Luis Obispo, some people are well aware of it and some people are not. There's quite a few deed restricted properties around, um, right, wrong, or otherwise, a lot of them are manufactured home and basis around of our county. And, and that's not just limited to our county, but here it seems to be the majority of what we have, um, and, you know, I don't, it's hard to know then how that compares to the rest of the housing population. Um, in terms of the manufactured homes, I believe in our area it actually makes them more desirable than the non-deed restricted properties. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that's just, it's kind of hard to put a finger on. I think values in that situation are, are fairly stable um, because they're, there's a lot of buyers out there for it, but you can just expect slightly longer marketing times usually because there's a there's a restriction. Sure. But values themselves, I think, are stable and in line with the the other non-deed restricted communities. But we get uh, just yesterday I got an email. Somebody asked me if there was a list of um, age restricted housing projects in San Luis Obispo County. And to my knowledge, there's not just one concise list like that. Um but to me, that means that that's something people are looking for. They only want to consider living in an age-restricted area. That was, those are great questions, Mary. Thanks for the call. Yeah, does that clear everything up for you? Clear some of it up, yes. Okay. It definitely, it definitely helps. <laughs> there so, is a little um, bit of that majestic vagueness to it. <laughs> well, the, it, it's one of those issues that until you would have a specific question related to either a specific property or situation, you can only be vague because you, can, you have to make it general right. enough to cover all, a lot right. of bases. Yeah. So um, I appreciate it. One of the things I would think it, for certain people in San Luis Obispo, um, uh, of course, an age-restricted property will typically be a, a mobile home park or there are some PUDs, aren't they? 
I don't know about in San Luis proper, but in the yeah, county. not in San Luis proper. I know there are some in the county. I think in San Luis itself, it's limited just to the mobile and manufactured homes. Right. That's that was my understanding. There's not a. There might be one condo situation. So, calling all developers then somebody come and build a housing project of stick built homes that have a, a an age restriction maybe that would be a pretty profitable endeavor oh i'd have to go look in arizona first to see how <laughs> with the comps are that's where they are yep. gentlemen have a great morning we'll talk hey to thanks later. mary appreciate it bye-bye that's been a big issue um that i've seen i've, I've seen it a couple times in letters to the editor in the tribune and uh, I'm trying to think, maybe some articles in the Tribune, but um, the issue of the the mix of the population in San Luis Obispo, very interesting mix, right? Because of the college and sure. the number of, of young people who have a very different lifestyle from the, not just the working folks, but even the, the retired folks who live here. And there's sometimes some butting of heads because the lifestyles are so different. Um, so I could see why living in a, a park that's, age restricted where you don't you know you're not going to have that 20 year old neighbor um keeping you up late at night with with loud parties that that's a pretty attractive thing my grandparents live in an age restricted um neighborhood and <laughs> we've like just been trained through the years that just the kids just really aren't even welcome outside like when we're there to visit <laughs> there's people they bought in there because they did not want to deal with hearing balls bouncing and skateboards <laughs> sliding out in the street and it takes all but a minute before they swarm out and and you know there's you can some, only come and go under the cover of night there's some part of me that really yeah kind of and there's really some part of me that just even when I was younger, I just want to say, man, when the sound of children playing makes you mad, <laughs> I am so sorry for you. Uh, but I get that if you recognize, you know what, that sound does make me mad. And so I'm paying to live in here where I don't have to hear it. Uh, I see both sides of the argument for sure. But um yeah i hope to never arrive at that position personally i, I don't want to i don't want to arrive there where hearing kids play is just nails on a chalkboard i don't want that great questions from mary the bottom line is deed restricted projects whether it's age or income or, or anything else you can think of they are financeable it's not a problem it's just a matter of whether or not the bank you're working with has the right appetite and just one more plug for central coast lending with having 50 different banks that we work with we we definitely have a lot of them we that, keep those that guys do around that appetite. yeah yeah you never know when you need it thank you mary anybody else that wants to call you can 543-8830 we always like to uh, keep track you know i notice on motor mouths they keep track of all the phone calls and then yeah. read them off at the end mm -hmm. um so don't make us sad and lonely by only having one name to read let's get a <laughs> six-man <laughs> roster like they had um, all right, guys, we're going to do a commercial break. We'll be back in more minute, uh, just a few minutes with more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side 
Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. That's fun. That's kids in America. Yes, Jim's just tying that one into the uh, no kids in the neighborhood. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Uh-huh. Hey, so before we took the call from Mary, I was wanting to start a little conversation here about this home equity line of credit thing because um, it really is something that I think in coming weeks we're going to start seeing more and more headlines. And um, so I wanted to tell you, a real estate agent that is pretty well known and respected in town sort of pulled me aside and said, Hey, what's going to happen with these HELOCs? And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, the 10 year like period, draw, it's the draw period. Yeah. And she didn't really know that it was called the draw period. It may have helped, helped her a little bit, but said that the 10 year period is coming due and I don't have the money to pay the line back. And I, it didn't totally register me right away. But what she feared was that it was a balloon, that it was something where at the end of that 10-year period, you just owed the $100,000 right back. And um, so I said, you know, I love that you asked the question because it's really important to let people know um, how these things really work. And so I'll just speak broadly. Um, I worked for several institutions that offered seconds and... Um, they're generally, it's a 10-year draw period where you can, 
use it and pay it back and use it and pay it back, keep a balance on it and make a payment. Um, that that open-ended nature of it lasts generally for 10 years. And during that period, the um, borrower is only required to repay the, an interest-only payment. So whatever the actual interest is on the outstanding balance is the payment that's due. And if you just made the minimum payment, the balance would never go down. At year 11 or month 121, what happens is it kicks over into they turn the draw period off. You're not allowed to charge any more money on it. And then you also have to be paying back now with principal and interest. It's generally a 15-year term. And you'll be paying it back um, based on that 15-year amortization. Um, and they're adjustable rates. So whatever the market is at that time that it kicks in. And so going from interest only to fully amortized on a 15-year term could double or triple the payment to what people are accustomed to. And so, um, but it's not a balloon though. That's a thing. It's not a, a bullet loan where you just owe the whole thing at 10 years. They have that period that you're going to be able to pay it back. Um, but so if it was causing her anxiety, I think it's, it's causing more people anxiety, um, not knowing what's going to happen. And so I just want to say that, um, this is something while there's no immediate money to be made on it, uh, it, it, this is a service that we offer is to have you come in with your line of credit paperwork from when you got your line of credit. And if you've misplaced it or never kept it, um, your servicer will send you, uh, a new copy of it. The The home equity financing agreement is um, not called the note. I mean, that's what it is. It's the home equity line of credit financing agreement. It's generally about a 14-page document, and it outlines how long your draw period is, the nature of amortization and repayment during the draw period, and then after the draw period, um, it identifies what index your loan is based on. Oftentimes they're based on prime plus a margin, um, could be plus or minus depending on where and when you got your loan. And then it gives you an idea um, of how then you can anticipate what's going to change. And so um, you guys may not have the interest or desire to self-decode that, but if you bring it on into the office or even scan and email it over, we can look at it and tell you what it is you should expect. And um, so if you're worried about a line of credit, if you got one haunting you, it's still a really good time to look at perhaps refinancing if it's something you can qualify for. Um, That's been one of the primary um, purposes of, of refinances in the recent Getting rid of seconds. couple of years. Yeah, it's getting rid of seconds, particularly HELOCs where the rates are adjustable. And, you know, those... Al most adjustable loans, in fact, all adjustable loans have a cap on them. The The interest rate can only go up to a certain percentage. With the HELOC... It's usually 24.9. I was going to say 18%. Um, but yeah, anywhere from 18 to, to 24% yeah, is pretty you know, common cap for a HELOC. So it can get up there pretty high, and, and it is tied prime, to prime. It, prime lives historically in our country around 7%. So... Um, that's where you're going to have to budget for the average. So in your home equity financing agreement, if you have that thing says, Hey, you're prime plus 2%, which by the way is pretty common. I would expect that's probably what you have. Um, 
you got to know that, hey, this thing could go to 9% and at a fully indexed, fully amortized 9% on a 15-year amortization period, that thing could hop up pretty quick. So um, I have a lot of people, though, I, I want you to know that you're probably in this boat here and, and I, want, I want you to know that your mindset is well understood. Today, it's an interest-only payment. So that 100000 bucks is costing you 200 bucks a month. Um, I get that. If you moved that over into a fully indexed, fully amortized loan, you know, you're looking at an interest rate in the low 4% range and we're talking the payment goes to probably 500 bucks a month. Um, you're not interested in having the payment go up right now. Most people don't want to just voluntarily elect to hire a double payment today, but really it's worth paying some attention to because your your rate is going to go above that for sure. I guarantee it. It has to. And when it does, it's going to be more expensive than to get the fixed rates at that time. And you'll be kicking yourself that you didn't do it in 2014 when they were as, as low as they are right now. So I just really, if you're, if you're bothered by it, if it's stressing you out and keeping you up at night, and maybe it's not you, maybe it's your son or your granddaughter, somebody you know that has a second that is sweating it, um, we will just start by just giving uh, honest expectations of what's going to happen um, and then try to present any options that do exist or even maybe just a path to get on so that you could maybe do it next year or something. Um, you're probably okay for another year, but this is, this is literally hundreds of billions of dollars and there is some talk and I, I say it's going to get talked about in coming weeks. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to start seeing headlines about record, record number of HELOCs adjusting into their repayment period. You're going to start hearing about increased defaults on it because there are some places in the country where, um, they got those lines of credit and the property still isn't worth what they, um, what they owe on it, they're still underwater and they're going to end up having to sell that property short or go through a foreclosure. I mean, some of that is going to happen and the media is really going to celebrate it because we're, we're wanting to live on the edge right now of extreme. Um, and so the more it gets talked about, you know, I just think it's worth having everybody know if you're worried about it, call us, let us help. <clears throat> Typically when, uh, a, borrowers looking to refinance for the purpose of debt consolidation that is considered that that is underwritten under the more conservative cash out guidelines yeah. usually the loan to values are lower um, there's probably a little bit more of a squeeze on the debt to income ratio credit scores are a little bit higher to qualify for that um, and the interest rates a little bit higher for a cash out refinance for debt consolidation if your equity line was part of the purchase of your home, you can refinance both your first and second lien under the the less restrictive um, no cash out guidelines. So you can get the full loan to value with the lower credit standards and the, the lower interest rate, probably most importantly, the lower interest rate. I feel like we may beat this horse dead, but here's one other caveat that I just feel like I really want to point out. You know how I always harp on if some bank told you no, don't believe that that's our whole industry. That's that bank. Um, for loan amounts that are more than 417000 if you're paying off a second that you 
even if it wasn't purchase money, but you haven't drawn on it in the last year, that can be considered under the um, rate and term as opposed to the cash out. Uh, and that is true. Maybe 20% of the lenders that offer those loans will honor that particular guideline. Some of them still go on to say, oh, it doesn't matter. We're still going to call it cash out. So we have banks that we'll work with. So point is, if you went into one of the the local corporate monster banks and found out that you could not refinance because you didn't have the loan to value requirements for a cash out loan because your loan amount was too high. Um, that's not going to be true everywhere. So um, we'll move on from the topic. But if you guys feel like you have um, questions about those lines of credit, know somebody that's sweating it, um, want to get off worrying about it and just come find out what options exist today. Um, those are the kind of refinances that we're seeing right now. People getting out of mortgage insurance, people taking care of those seconds that are sort of looming around right now. Um, and then the only other ones are generally people that are refinancing someone on or off of title, a, a business partner or a soon to be ex spouse or something. Um, getting out of an adjustable rate mortgage that you may be in. Yeah. Those are, those are, yeah, a, a lot of reasons for uh, refinancing today or just shortening your loan term that's because right. that's a, that's pretty fun to own your home sooner than 30 years. Sooner <laughs> than later. Um, hey, I just want to remind you guys, calls and questions, uh, comments or questions are welcome today, all uh, two hours, 543-8830, 543-8830 if you want to get on the air and share a comment. All right, we'll take one from Dorothy in Baywood Park. Good morning. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Hi. Hi. I have a question. If sure. somebody passes in the house and natural causes, does that have to be told to the people buying the house if you resale? You're going to be, you're testing my knowledge now. Um, I'm going to say, I don't know. I'll get you that answer before the show is over today. It but, used to be, say, 10 years ago or so that it was natural causes. Yeah, I want to say if it if it's a nonviolent natural causes death that it doesn't. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. And I feel like there may have been a revision to it, but I'm going to I'm going to reach out to one of my practicing real estate friends here and um I'll get you that answer, and we'll we'll give it to you over the air here in just a few minutes. Okay, thank you. Thank you. It is nine thirty nine here on Mortgage Matters. A um, couple of great questions so far from was it Mary and Dorothy? Yep. Hope to hear from some more of you here as the show goes on. Five four three eight eight three zero. We are going to step aside very quickly here for a commercial break and we'll be right back with more mortgage matters mortgage matters with host dan and jason will be right back join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832 what a state of generosity look what my agent got for me just by switching to state farm a few hundred unexpected bucks i couldn't ask for more but now i've got to figure out what i should use it for a new bike would be radical but maybe something practical like a pet baboon with one robotic arm get to a better state state farm switch to state farm and you could save to find out more in san luis obispo call agent susan rodriguez 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. We recently made the jump to direct lender. That's right. Now we can do your loan in-house, but we still broker too. We choose based on getting the best loan terms for you. We don't know what to call it yet, but you'll call it amazing. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. All right, everybody, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. That's the longest like intro to sit here and wait for. I that's one. That's got to be your favorite song, Jim. I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll try to get ACDC to do a quicker version for Mortgage Matters. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. You know, it's just somewhere the beat changes. There you go. Yeah. Appreciate it. Just, yeah. Just have it, them come in get about like, thirty-two measures sooner. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe. You know, just they say why, and they said. Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending said, "Yeah, oh, just, okay. I just, I'm an impatient person, man. I don't, I don't, can't wait that long. This, this 64 bar intro just has me like ready to go. Um, all right. Well, we already had a couple pretty good questions. We're still working on the answer to the second one, but Dorothy, I think we're going to have a complete answer for you in a couple minutes. So um, don't give up. And um, ah, we." We beat the HELOC uh, topic to a pulp, I believe. So um, that's it, man. I'm done now. What do you have? I got a, I got something interesting here. Okay. Um, there was a survey released this past week by TD Bank. It's a survey that was conducted to help lenders understand realtors' perspectives because sometimes realtors and lenders aren't on the same page when it comes to the housing environment, the lending environment. Um, so this is an interesting study um, surveying realtors. It found that two in five realtors think it is harder than ever for buyers to secure a loan. That's one point. Raise your hand as a lender if you think it's harder than ever to secure a home loan. 
I have a limited history in lending. I've I've got to believe standards are pretty oh, darn hard we a long all, time ago. We all are having to limit <laughs> ever to our own personal experience. Right. Um, in, in my mortgage, uh, lifetime. Yes. Okay. We're two for two then. So we already <laughs> understand the realtor perspective. Keep okay. going. Half of realtors believe buyers are compromising their wants simply to buy a home due to low inventory. So people are making decisions, compromising what they're actually looking for just to get into a home. I could not agree with that statement more. And a quarter of realtors, 25% of realtors, consider properties overpriced and fear first-time home buyers are avoiding the market. Um, okay. I am too afraid that things are overpriced, but I think the reality is is that things are just expensive. They're not overpriced. Um I still don't think that when I hear you say that I suge it suggests to me that somehow things are going to fall in value and I think that's ludicrous. Well, and keep in mind a quarter of realtors think that. So there's 3 yeah. quarters of realtors that don't subscribe to that. Um what I found interesting and, and we both commented on it already is is the perception of of procuring a mortgage in today's environment that it's harder than ever. It is. But is that's it? because ever was like fog a mirror and exactly. today you need to have a paycheck and a bank statement and prove that you've been able to perform on credit. If you have decent credit and and you make and your debt to income ratio is 50% or lower based on what you actually show on your tax returns, you can qualify for a mortgage today and it's a piece of cake. You know, it's funny. You're, you're sharing this article brings me to two that I have to share, and I don't know which one to segue to. Um, but the first one was that the New York Fed just recently wrote an article about why more renters aren't becoming homeowners, citing that, um, I mean, just when you cook the whole thing down, is that the stronger economy and its um, eased credit standards means that home ownership should just be picking up, and why is it not yet? And they're saying that 35% um, of renters believe that their credit score, um, they think that their credit score is below 680, um, and now they're discouraged because they're convinced that credit not might not be granted um, if they apply for a loan. So the first part of me just wants to say that thanks to articles like this, where the drive-by media is just saying, oh, it's harder than ever. You're basically trying to encourage people just stay home and don't try. I mean, in your your great-grandparents, your grandparents, your parents, and now you, if you look at the history of how um, the tight or loose credit standard of the era afforded people the ability to buy, you live in the worst one. Just stay home. Don't even try. I really hate that because where I want to go with this article is to say, hang on. Um, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Do loans to 550. We can do loans to 550 all day long. Credit score. Yeah. That's a terrible credit score. There's some part of me that wants to just go, I'm kind of ashamed to say that because that's so low that I really am not sure you should be buying a house right now. Um, but a 620, 630, 
650, 660, those are fine credit scores. You know, maybe you had a run in with a medical collection that your insurance company didn't pay on time and now your credit's damaged or something like that. That's a that's a 650 guy. That's not a credit abuser. This isn't the dude that went and got a Walmart credit card, bought 20 cartons of cigarettes and never paid the bill. This is like people that are real life hardworking people that have a bump and bruise here and there and they have a 650. This article um, is suggesting that people believe they're below a 680. So not only does it, it sort of tells people, you know what, it's so hard, don't try. And then it also sets this arbitrary bar at 680 where people, so many people would say, oh, well, I'm not a 680, so I'm out. And so part of this problem is here, the chicken or the egg, do we keep perpetuating this, it's hard to borrow thing, comparing it to yesteryear where you needed no qualifications to borrow and saying these sort of disconnected statements that make people think they can't qualify. Well, I think a lot of this is a product of, of modern media. There's a rush to get information out there because your competitor's about to get the same story out. So you need to be the first one with the For story. For the first time since so what, May of 2008. So how do, how do I get the, the story out first? I get, yeah. I get, my one source to give me some information and I go out with the story rather than getting more depth to your research. You know, they, they could have asked one bank that has, that's very conservative, you know, what the problem is and, and here's the story. I mean, just to comment on, on that 680 credit score in particular, we, one of the 50 banks that we work with, the maximum credit score they'll entertain is a 680. Right. They're targeting borrowers with lower credit scores. They want the credit scores that are in the high 500s and low 600s. Um, a real life situation here, uh, we're working with some clients who are buying a home in the North County. Uh, the husband works in the construction field and construction's been kind of rocky over the past several years. During that period of time, there were um, seasonal layoffs and, and periods of unemployment that led to missed payments on credit cards, missed payment on student loans. Um, more recently, though, work's been more consistent and pays have been higher. Overtime opportunities have been there. They've caught up on all their debt. Their scores still reflect that recent history of, of missing payments, and they're right around a 600 credit score. But we're about a week away from closing a USDA 100% um, purchase loan for them with a 600 credit score. Yep. It's totally possible to qualify for a loan and with a low that, credit score. And those scores may haunt you for five years after your problem has been remedied. So sure. this is one of the reasons why we offer this. And and think about, let's just say, take, for example, somebody that had identity theft. May have always been a great bill payer, some identity theft, some collections, some late payments, whatever, bounce checks, and now suddenly... Uh, 550 credit score, I'm glad we have a program be able to help that guy because there are some banks that don't. They have a 680 line. So, you know, in, in that world, I'm just going to say that is it harder than ever? Sure. But ever, which I'm going to say that last decade, my recent memory, it was unreasonably easy to buy a home. You didn't have to have any credentials at all. So is it harder than ever? Fine. I'll take it, I guess. The reality of it is, is that 
you got to come complete with your income, your credit, your assets, your all this. Yeah, well, there are some accommodations made to those lower credit scores, but they often come with debt to income ratio um, requirements that mean you've got to have a little more discretionary income because you have had this credit issue. We look to mitigate it in other ways, um, but today it's just, I think the guidelines are reasonable. There's nothing unreasonable about it in my in my opinion, but... Um, a few minutes ago, we had a call from Dorothy, and she asked the question, what is the requirement of a seller to disclose a natural death in a home when they're, when they're selling their home? And uh, we're so lucky to be joined here by Wes Burke from Patterson Realty, who's going to enlighten us a little bit. Thanks for calling in, Wes. Oh, sure. How are you guys this morning? Doing really well. Fantastic. How about you? Doing great. Um, it's kind of a tricky question that... Generally, the rule of thumb is that if a death occurred on a property within the last three years, um, we typically encourage the, the disclosure of that. The, the reason I say encourage is because there is a little bit of a loophole. Um, a death has to be determined to be a material fact for the requirement of disclosure to be triggered. Um, generally, we, we say rather than find yourself in an argument over whether this particular death was a material fact or not, just disclose it. Um, it's, it's our experience, typically, that, that people that die of, of natural causes, uh, you know, often just uh, older folks who've reached the end of the line, doesn't tend to have much of an impact on the marketability on the home. Um, if it was some kind of violent death, then it really tilts the scales in favor of, of it being a material fact and, and, and triggers the requirement for the disclosure. There's one last thing that's probably worth mentioning that's kind of carved out as, as an exception to this rule. Um, because AIDS is a uh, protected class federally um, as a disability, it is not required that um, the cause, uh, if the cause of death is AIDS, it's, it's protected, therefore it's not required to be disclosed. Um, a death on a property, any amount of time in excess of three years, is blanketly described as non-material to the transaction. Wow. All right. There you go. <laughs> Straightforward enough for you? That makes sense. Yeah, I think so. So, so I, I guess the term material fact, what what makes a material fact versus non, uh, not a material fact? Well, uh, that gets kind of into the, uh, the subjective arena, which is why... We generally counsel our clients to just disclose it if it's if it's within three years, because um, what what may be material to one buyer, or if you find yourself in litigation, what what a judge may determine material may be different than what it means to you. But generally, what what it means is would it affect the purchase decision or the offering amount on a transaction if that information were known. That's, that's generally the you know kind of how we define material, and that's pretty subjective. It can be pretty subjective, yeah, because something that that might matter to you and and would cause you to offer a, a less a, a lower price or not even pursue a particular property might not bother me at all. Sure, yeah, I was watching a show recently where they kind of went over this issue. It was in another state, um, but there was a house where. Um, Basically, they, they kind of covered a few, and one of them where um, somebody was murdered, and this place was like, couldn't be sold. Um, people concerned both that, you know, something like that could recur and or 
plenty of people believing that the only possibility of a haunting comes where it's like a violent death. And then there was other people um, that said, like, when they were asked, would it impact your ability to buy? I said, absolutely not. I don't believe in ghosts and that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. And it's no big deal to me. Uh, but then they showed some properties that sat around for a while. Wes, I remember that um, property out in Sea Canyon where Rex Krebs lived was on the market for a while. Um, I'm sure it's since sold. If nothing else, the three years has passed now. But um, that proved to be, you know, locally something that proved to be a marketability inhibitor just because of uh, the story of what happened out there. It's true. And the, and the law is pretty explicit. And in fact, even some of the case law that I was reading before I called you guys to make sure I had the answer straight um, uses a mass murder as an example. And the law says that after three years, there is no requirement to disclose that. But again, if, if I were representing a party, a seller on, on a property like that, we'd have probably have a pretty long and serious conversation about, um, about whether or not to disclose that. Because Generally, what we tell our clients is, you know, anything that you disclose, then you can't you can't be you, you can't be sued for that later. So, when you over disclose, you're you're not really putting yourself at risk. Um, some might argue that that a property like the one in your example, Jason, um, would fetch a higher value or sell more easily if uh, if you didn't disclose that information. But then uh, you get to spend the next uh, seven years kind of wondering if the buyer's going to find out and come back and sue you. Right. And even even though the law may be relatively cut and dried in, in, a, in a case like that where there was, you know, a high-profile incident that lots of people knew about, um, I, I bet you you could find a, a buyer could find an attorney that would uh, pursue that on your behalf. You bet. And, I, and I'll, I'm going to say it like this, too, you know. If I was selling my house where a loved one had passed peacefully due to old age or something similar, I would I wouldn't have a problem telling people. And if that's your problem, if that's your hang up and it's an issue for you, then I'd probably rather that you figured that out and moved on. And if it is something that I disclose and you're okay with it and it doesn't impact your decision to buy, then I'm glad we all have clear air and can and make the transaction with that clear conscience. And I, I hope that most people just approach it that way. Yeah. And, and I think they do, frankly, I just, we don't run across that many people um, who have big concerns with, with uh, natural death on, on the property. Um, you know, it, it gets different. Like we, like we mentioned in, in violent deaths and situations like that. Yeah. But I think that the caller mentioned a, a, a natural death. Yeah. 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 Hey, Wes, thanks Thanks a lot for the thoughtful response to Dorothy's question. We do appreciate your time today. Oh, my pleasure. You guys keep up the good fight. All right. Thanks, man. Um, wow. We made it through the first hour already. Um, can you believe it's already September 13th? I can't. Where does the time go? Hey, um, there is still more to talk about. In fact, Dan, I, I still want to talk a little bit more about this issue um, with qualifying. And, and we'll take more phone calls. We'll talk more about all this stuff. we got a whole other hour to go. And it sure is going to be more fun if you stick around and participate. So uh, freshen up that coffee. We'll be right back. More Mortgage Matters. tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. 
right, guys, welcome back. We're into the second hour of Mortgage Matters. I'm kind of tripping that it is already the middle of September. It's it's just bizarre how fast time seems to go. And of course, the one thing I I just am so excited about is to get. Um, I think sometime around New Year's is when it's just going to start pounding rain. We're gonna have good rain year this year. We're supposed to. That'd be yeah. good. In fact. There's a little bit of the model that suggests that we have two good rain seasons in this um, one, one El year. Nino year, but there's a separate part of the cycle that's coming too. So maybe we're just going to fill up these aquifers and just yeah. be back to good. A good family friend of mine lives up in uh, Atascadero, spends a lot of time. They have a, a lake house up at Nascimento and said the last time he remembered the lake being as low as it is, it took one winter of of decent rain to fill it right back up. So oh, good. all we need is one. Just a good It'd be dumping. a welcome site. Wow. I've heard r- rumors that, like, Lopez, when they built the dam out there, they expected it to take 10, 15 years to fill. And we got one of those cycles where it just rained. The and El it Nino. filled up, like, in a year or two. Yeah. Awesome. It's crazy. So maybe we'll get one of those years. I'm looking forward to some good rain. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you, as a fisherman, I keep pretty good track of the weather and and the tides and stuff out there. And um, the warm water and stuff that's moving in is bizarre right now. I don't know if you guys have been reading about it, but there's some extremely warm water out in the Pacific. And so much so that last week there are local fishermen catching bluefin tuna out there. Um, Wow. And they can be found, you know, even I would say at normal times, but much more sparse than they've been of late. Mm-hmm. So that points to the El Nino. I can't wait for the rain. I hope it pounds us with rain. We sure need it. That's for sure. I mean, not like Arizona style or anything, but um, we need some rain. We'll take it. Hey, we spent that last chunk of the first hour talking about realtor and and um potential home buyer perceptions about what the lending environment and real estate environment is like right now um and and finding that some people are just shying away from the housing market simply because they've disqualified themselves before even trying um what this has ultimately led to is a uh, a low in loan applications the lowest level of loan applications we've seen since the year 2000 14 year low um, it's kind of shocking that that that's where we're at right now, um, considering we're still, when you zoom out and look at housing's history, to have these interest rates at these low, low levels, um, you know, staying here at, at historically low levels. And it's tough to say that, that home prices are at their their lows anymore. I mean, they've, they've definitely rebounded and, and have moved significantly higher. Um, but they still feel kind of affordable. Am, am I, I'm, I'm maybe even second-guessing that as I say it, but it still seems like there's a unique opportunity right now um, to get your foot in the door of owning real estate, whether you're a first-time home buyer or maybe a first-time landlord. Um, you know, there, there's an opportunity out there that I isn't going to be open you, forever. I assure you that if you look down the road here in seven years, these homes that are bought right now are going to prove to be a good investment. 
I mean, e- I, the even if the value, whatever value, all of that game that gets talked about, I just want to remind you that um, you have to just put this into context with how many households a year need to be built to keep up with the demand of the U.S. population and how many have been built. We have not built enough homes to keep up. That has left us in short supply, which puts a run on demand. It does push prices up, but the marketplace can't be flooded with new construction. It's just not reasonable. And when you go through and you figure out based on today's, um, the costs for plans and permits and your title 24 and the extra lumber tax and the paint tax and the this tax and the that tax that by the end of it, these homes, you can't, um, you really still can't build um, for a profit at what they're worth today. The reality of it is, is that that alone puts upward pressure on the value of existing real estate. And um, it's a bizarre thing when, as a country, you elect to not build homes for a seven-year period. And I guarantee you that by the time the dust shakes out, that'll prove to have a pretty substantial impact. And, you know... And I I, I was going to say, I was going to argue or throw it out there that more important than the, the value of the home, whether you think it's a good deal or it's overpriced or whatever, when viewing real estate as either shelter or a long-term investment, it's the biggest factor is cash flow yeah. and and the monthly cost to to carry that property more so than you know could i have saved or or you know did i overpay or underpay or you know is, is the value i think is is less important yeah i feel that way even personally for me i i don't care what my house is really worth it's the right house for me right now my interest rate is dirt cheap and if i had to rent my house it would be more than what my mortgage costs me um, yesterday I got to spend some time with, um, I know statistically to be true, this is the biggest property manager in San Luis Obispo. Um, and we were sitting down talking about, um, how business has been lately. Crazy busy. They're going through in, um, process here of raising rents from things last year that were 1200 are now getting 1600. Um, and this is mostly in San Luis, but, uh, largely around, um, the County too. And just basically saying that rents are going up and they're going up in a big way. And everybody should expect that. That, that, that what you just described is a 33% increase in rents. Is that typical? Yeah, it was held down for a little while. Rents were, um, kind of unreasonably low. And it's, you know, there's some school of thought that says that maybe it was just because it was tied to interest rates. People were able to refinance and save money and things were a little bit sketchy. Um, They didn't want to lose their tenant for sure because that rent was valuable. So they just left rents where they were and froze them for a while. Um, I heard stories in 2008, 2009, 2010 where people were getting their rents reduced. Landlord voluntarily calling up, taking 100 bucks off a month just to make sure that everything's all good, knowing that their tenants are probably pinched at work or maybe have some financial hardship somewhere along the way and just wanting to make sure they didn't suffer a vacancy. Um, So 
there was a period of time where rents just really didn't go up and now they're they're ready to go up and you know what when you put a house out for rent in san luis obispo uh and you get 50 applications in a day can't you kind of name your price and i think that a lot are catching on to that um that uh difference between what it costs to rent and what it costs to own thanks to the interest rates and also the depressed home values that gap narrowed to some of the narrowest it's been ever i mean we helped a lot of people buy homes in san luis obispo county where their mortgage payment turned out to be equal to or less than the rent they were previously paying so um that spread obviously doesn't incent um too much home ownership i mean if you could pay for it to own it or pay for it to rent it you can kind of go oh well what's the difference at least if something breaks i don't have to fix it um now that affordability is going to start to move the other way homes are getting a little bit more expensive now rents are dragging with it um it, it's a i think kind of an interesting thing but i think all in all what we're going to find out is that the impact of not building homes for seven years dramatically increases the price of housing. It's got to. Um, and, you know, if not, we'll see. Whatever. Then just be happy that you have shelter at a good low interest rate. Um, USDA has made its way into the news recently, too. And um, I thought maybe we'd do just a quick little flyby too because we're on in this new hour and I keep trying to remind myself that we can't really assume everybody's got the knowledge base that um, the the old school listeners have or um, maybe we just breeze over it too much. But uh, USDA is a loan program that we do quite a bit of at Central Coast Lending. It's um, offered by the United States Department of Agriculture. And um, the fascinating thing about it is that it's for rural areas and it's for low-income people. Um, the way that USDA drafted the formula, San Luis County gets kind of a pretty sweet uh, review of those guidelines. It has uh, basically a percentage of the median income for the county. And so in San Luis Obispo County, um, I fail to know the number. It's, it's like $86,500 or something. Yeah, the income limits are derived by household size, and it's based on 115% of median income. So for a one- to four-person household, uh, the maximum annual income is 86700 There you go. And for a five- to eight-person household, it's 114000 and change. I can't remember the exact number, but basically 114000 it's hard to say that those are the people that should be de defined as low and very low income. Um, however, those are the numbers, and we work within the numbers. And so if you and it's, make... It's made that a very popular loan yeah. program here, particularly for first-time home a buyers. A single person making less than $85,000 a year can use this program to buy themselves a house with 100% financing. And not only does it have 100% financing, um, but the mortgage insurance on it is generally a third of what it would be if you gotten yourself an FHA loan. Um, and usually about, uh, I don't know, maybe half of what it would be for a conventional loan if you had outstanding credit. But so here's the deal. 
USDA, if you can qualify for it, the property's in an eligible area, you meet the income requirements and the credit requirements. If it's a fit, what a home run. Such a fantastic loan program. Um, we've done so many USDA loans, um, and the people that it helps, it, I mean, realizes home ownership for somebody that honestly maybe never thought it was possible. Uh, it works in a lot of the county here, really just not San Luis Obispo. Um, just as an update, the reason it's on the radar again today is that the USDA mortgage insurance is going up ever so slightly. Um, you know, basically mortgage insurance that was 80 bucks a month now is going to become a hundred bucks a month. And, you know, so it's not a huge jump, but a little bit more expensive. Um, and then also USDA is reviewing, um, the areas that are what they call rural in nature. Um, and so we expect to still have our exemption for Tascadero, um, and to be able to do USDA loans around the county. So um, my understanding is that while it's not effective until October first, they've already announced a revision to what's defined as a, a, a eligible rural area, and it's right. um, areas where the population does not exceed thirty-five thousand um, persons, and uh, and so. That will be in place until at least 2020, at which time they'll re-review and, and see if those definitions need to be updated again. But we can we can safely say that the areas of our county that are eligible today will continue to be eligible through the next six years. And and basically, like you said, in our county, it's it's everywhere is USDA eligible except for San Luis Obispo City and the five cities area. Right. You said six more years. I just want to remind you that it's 2014 and they're only able to implement the 2010 census data track now. So it's probably for 10 years from now. Possibly. Because yeah. it's that's the data they work off is the 10-year census. So when they do it again in 2020, we're going to see that stuff probably get implemented in 2024. So kind of funny. But um, all right, guys, if you want to call in and ask a question, get help, you got some experts here, 543-8830. We'll take a phone call here from Frank in Avila Beach. Good morning. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. No, I'll tell you, until we all realize and really tell the truth about the state of California where incomes have gone down, our taxes are always going up, regulation is always going up, it's going to be very difficult to be able to, for most people, to invest into real estate anymore. It's really a shame. Um, I think that progressively this state, you know, just raising this state income tax on personal income from 10% to 13.5% is crushing the middle class. Folks that could go out and buy a home, but they're barely getting by. They're barely making their bills, you know, and, and the big thing is really renting apartments. That that's why if you want to invest in real estate, that's the future. Most young generations, uh, they're living with their parents. They can't afford even to rent a lot of times. Yeah, you know, I definitely, your point's well taken. And sometimes I do, I, I'll sit back and bellyache about those same things too. It's like, man, it's just, it feels so oppressive. And um, I, I can easily go down that rabbit hole. And then you know what? Right, wrong, or otherwise, what ends up happening is I get um, there's so many people that come in that sit down and they buy houses that are just the hardworking, you know, pounding it out people that have been able to save. Um, and then additionally, too, 
we get so many transactions where family is gifting substantial money to people to be able to buy. Um, I mean, it's amazing to me. There certainly was nobody in my family willing or able to give me a hundred thousand dollars to buy my first yeah. house. Um, well, I but think, we I see think a on lot average, that. though, that, that's that's not average. Where the, the the you know average guy is really taking a beating. Yeah, I I agree with you. I do. I think it's tough. Um, you know, and at the same time, though, history kind of shows us that you know, barring a few little points of entry where you could really have gotten yourself clobbered that getting involved in it though and you know getting your piece of real estate and figuring out how to get it on a plan that can have it paid off is really still proves to be one of the critical ways to be able to reach retirement i mean how much is rent going to cost in 40 years when we're ready to retire um versus that house that at that point you're just going to be down to taxes insurance and maintenance i mean it's still somehow we have to figure out a way to make it work. We, but. we could have total opposite, though. We could have prosperity like we haven't seen in 20 years if we just had the right group of people. In other words, you know, they have a track record. You have to hold them accountable. And Democrats, it's a blue state. They run this state. Like you said, on paint, did you realize that every gallon of paint that you buy, they charge you a dollar? for recycling paint. I mean, that's one minute thing. We pay a dollar more a gallon for gasoline in California than Nevada and Arizona because of all the liberal taxes. And it just gets on and on and on. Every single avenue that you take, you're, you're being taxed more. And, the, you know, that could be going to a mortgage payment. Frank, you and I are going to be buddies, dude. We should get a beer and sit down and talk about this. That's right up my alley. Um, for purposes of our our radio and the face of our business, we choose to uh, kind of go away from the political piece of this. But um, uh, how do we educate <laughs> Californians that you know every time they vote for a Democrat, they, you know a lot of people I talk to they say, well, "I'm just crushed. I barely make it." They've got tears in their eyes, literally, that they can't make their payments. And, but they vote for the same people. You know, when Republicans ran this state, it, it was outrageous. You know, people were buying homes. They had money in the bank. That was pro-business. Like it or not, business is the key, small business, that hires people and gets this economy going. It, this progressive state is completely the opposite. Do you think... Um... I mean, obviously, there's there's a sound argument to be made, um, I, I think, really, from both sides. Do you think that we just have the pendulum swung and we're waiting for it to go back the other way, or do you think that this is it and this is the permanent damage? No, I think there's always a way, especially the greatest state in the Union, California, to come back. But it takes education. It takes direct marketing. It takes sales. That's the key, to get the message out. Every time you go in and vote, who are you voting for? Because you're not voting for that human being. Every time now, it's party. If you send a Democrat up to Sacramento, they're going to join with the Democrats on progressive laws and progressive taxes and progressive pro-union that we can't afford. It's unsustainable. Frank, thanks much for your phone call today. I, I do appreciate your position. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to 
to not uh i i think it's a tricky thing i mean part of it is yeah it where is the forum to have these conversations and um dan and i differ enough on politics that we just made an agreement that we don't um hammer it out on the air and and uh put that the face of our business on there but yeah, I understand that, but it is the bottom line of what we face now in reality. You though. know, and we have just just without getting onto any of the the party lines here it, within our business, we have taxes that um, for the state of California they're just mind blowing, and there's even yeah real expenses that we have. Um, we're not corner cutters or cheaters. Our business is paid through escrow, and you can't really hide the money. Um, not that we would anyway, but we pair we pay our fair share of taxes and I would argue then some. And one of the things that really burns me up is there's real expenses we have on the federal tax returns that tax code allows to be a deduction because it was real dollars spent where in California, they won't acknowledge it. So we'll end up paying on higher income for a higher tax rate for higher income for the state of California than um, what the feds are even requiring. And yeah, then you turn and look with all of the increased uses and costs and stuff within the state. I do worry that California um, makes it a pretty difficult environment to succeed in, whether you're a business owner or not. I mean, we do hear about businesses that leave the state for some of those very reasons. And um, man, it's a, such a tough thing. And, um, I mean, I, I feel like the only reason people are tolerating it as much as they are is just because it's paradise here. <laughs> the weather's great. And, I think uh, so too. Yeah. and there's so many great people. I mean, California is packed full of amazing it's people. Crazy. And then, you know, there's these, this kind of business environment where under the, it oftentimes feels like a chokehold to me, but, yeah. um, yeah. I think the only thing is pain. When it gets painful enough, people will make a difference. And it, it, every single day, it's getting more painful for the average guy. It's pretty sad to see. Yeah. Frank, thanks much for the call today. Thought provoking. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. All right. Um, Dan, I see that you, you're, like, you're checking email over there. You don't want none of that talk. I, it's easy for me to get sucked into talking politics, so... I apologize, Dan. Wake up, Bueller. I'm here. Bueller, okay, there he is. I'm here. We got listening him. and he's, learning. He's back. Um, I got into an argument recently about, uh, you know, California, the state of California, and the taxes and budget and everything, and then just realized that uh, I was arguing with people that they too didn't um, have any answers for the problem, and then therefore ended up not caring pretty quickly. I like to think that folks care, and hopefully we'll just be paying more attention to people we elect. Make sure they reflect your values and ideals. Um, what do you want to do now? Is it break time? Is it phone call time? We could take some more phone calls. I think it's break time, but whatever. Jim thinks it's break time, and you're the man with the buttons that can make the breaks. So the let's has to push that button. It's held right. Yeah, let's right do over. a break. Um, you guys, speaking of taxes and fees and the squeezing of the middle class uh these sponsors are what make this show free for you um and they're voluntary sponsors these are companies that uh we do business with both personally and professionally they're businesses that uh we believe in and hope that uh you'll give them 
their fair chance when you're out to transact business. So listen to this commercial break. We'll be back with more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you refinance your home or investment property. Lower your rate, shorten your loan term, or get out of your mortgage insurance. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. One, two, three, four. <laughs> One, two. Let me tell you how it will be. There's one for you, 19 for me. Cause I'm the tax man. Yeah. Yeah. Taxman, my favorite guy. Speaking of Taxman, uh, September 15th is coming up pretty quick here on Monday. That's extension deadline if you're, uh, I would say corporate returns, right? Because you got six months, six months. Yeah. No, I think the corporate return deadline. Oh, yeah. Corporate return deadline is the 15th. The uh, personal, um, and these are for extensions, tax returns on extension. That should be October. Yeah. Personal is October 15th. Right. Is the deadline. So there you go. Get right with the tax man. And I always joke with Dan that I feel like I have a third business partner that never shows up but takes a third of the cash. Never does, huh? Never showed up, but always a third of the money's gone. It's frustrating when I see high-profile people like um, President Obama or our past Republican presidential candidate, um, Mitt, Romney. Mitt Romney, both talking about their effective tax rates. They, 
both make a lot more than I do, yet my effective tax rate's higher than theirs. So I want to get on their the plan that they're you on. You just need their accountant. Seems like money well spent. That's the Depends part on how it. much they cost. That's the part of it I really struggle to understand. I have a feeling that Obama may know somebody over at the IRS, possibly. I mean, there's Department, rules, though, yeah. so you know Stop. people doesn't change the rules, <laughs> right? I yeah. know somebody at the Department of the Treasury <laughs> that's Suggesting that any one of the guys that are either president or going to be vetted to be president, suggesting that they would make illegal or unethical tax code decisions, I think is ludicrous. Yeah, there's huge scrutiny, and they're Let available to— Let me tell to... you this. So this is just— if you got a better idea than this, speak out. I'm dying to hear it. It just speaks to how broken our tax laws are. The mere fact that you could be getting up every day, putting your tall boots on to go make a living, and you're paying a higher tax rate than a dude that makes $15 million a year, that's a broken tax code. Yeah. And when they question, like when they went and grilled Romney about the that effective tax rate, he said, hey, I'm not doing anything that's deemed um, illegal or unacceptable. It's all within the tax law. And if you have a problem with that, reform the tax law. And that's a part of it where I'm, I'm, I get so disgusted about taxes, it's not even funny. And I think that that's just the biggest problem is our tax load. Our whole tax law is just encouraging people to lie, cheat, and steal present the the smallest amount possible and the people that are the best are are, are the ones that can hire um the best <laughs> yeah that studied every loophole and can defend it with high profile attorneys if and when it ever comes down to it that in and of itself tells me that our tax code is broken and if if there's anywhere to start that has to be it yeah that we can definitely agree on um whether or not you or I or anyone agrees with our last caller Frank's um, perspective. The point's well taken. There's a there's an there's a problem um, that's growing in our country, and it has to do with the middle class or the you know where are they going? Where is the middle class going? The U.S. Census Bureau um, came out with some figures that we caught on to this last week. Um, let's see. This is median net worth for U.S. households um, between the year 2000 and 2011, the top two-fifths of households during that time period, um, basically the wealthiest 40% of American um, households, saw their median net worth increase while the lowest three-fifths or 60% saw their net worth decrease during that time period that's kind of alarming that the lower end is seeing a, a net worth decline and the upper end seeing a net worth increase during the same period of time um, kind of seems like there's opportunities that aren't being afforded to equally across the, the wage or, or net worth spectrum during that period I'm, I'm not sure what's going on but it's a problem that we're noticing it's being talked about all over the media and it's it's affecting business growth and i think that's something that everyone can agree on the middle class is the heart and soul of america um they're the the shoppers they're the the folks who are contributing substantially to gdp they've, they've historically been the 
you know, what drives the, the American economy and they're vanishing. We're getting this, this barbell effect where people are either rich or poor and not a lot of in between. How do we fix that? Is it maybe tax codes part of it? Perhaps. It's a... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I realized like any statement that you make, like just trying to come up with what I would say to that, there's some part of me that just wants to say is um, whether you're accumulating net worth and wealth and increase in wages is a, to me, kind of speaks to... Um, how motivated you are. I mean, at the end of the day, we live in a, a free capitalist economy and country, right? Where you can choose your rate today. What do you want to do? And, um, but I get not everybody has the skill set or tenacity or I don't know, uh, whatever reason why you might be limited and have to just keep plugging away. Um, watching things get more expensive and outpace your wage growth. I mean, I get that. And it's something that um, I'm not positive what the answer to that is. I, I don't know whether that means that you, you know, take and make the guys that own the Firestone restaurant in town, should they have to pay more and, and, or open up a school for somebody else's behalf because they took the initiative and found success themselves. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, um, but it is alarming to know that that middle class is is getting pinched, and um, you know that the one thing that always like when you first start reading that, you know, I said is yeah, it takes money to make money, it does. <laughs> and that's what's sad lately. That those guys that are at the top end of it, they're the ones that um, almost generally stand to benefit through these recessions. They can afford to gobble up these assets when it's small they can take risks when others are just licking wounds hunkering down to try to make sure they can eat tomorrow um these guys when you see the dow go to seven thousand, if you're poor that doesn't mean jack to you but if you got a bunch of money that you've had sidelined and you go hey look at that the dow's way down let me just dump a bunch of money in there and then you just make a whole bunch of money um that's you know it's a it's kind of a different game but um yeah, it's complicated stuff. I uh, am just going to tell you this now just to get it off in the air here is um, I am very thankful that those aren't things that I need to work on. Those aren't my problems to solve. I feel that um, if it was, I would have been drawn to uh, be like somebody uh, that could influence legislature and, and somehow or other have great impact. I I don't want that beating heart in my hands, so I just do home loans, man. And I just want you to know that um, you do have influence on it. You're a voter, right? Uh, yes, and I and I vote according, and I do. I go out and vote. It's important to my wife and I both, and um, we vote in accordance with our um, wants and needs and ideals and values. And uh, I feel really good about that every time I vote. Um, and, and you vote with that thing in your back pocket, that wallet. Every time you spend a dollar, that's a vote. Oh, I thought you meant like I I cast my vote just <laughs> to preserve or make more money. No, but yeah, no, you do. That's true, too. It's how you spend your money and where you choose to spend your money. The companies that you support, that's definitely part of it. Um, I was going to say, though, like you, you mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, Dan, I, I love talking about um, – 
you know, so I, whenever I segue out of this thing, it's like, yeah, I don't know how to control all of that, but I'll tell you one of the byproducts right now is that because of politics and because of budget trouble and because of economic problems and a, and a, you know, that barbell effect of the classes, interest rates are crazy low and, um, let's work on the things we can affect. Um, if you need to cut your cable, cut it. If Starbucks is too expensive, brew your coffee at home. If you've got an interest rate that's too high or a loan that's still funky or exotic or whatever, um, redo it. You know, and Dan, you mentioned this earlier, but about people that could be refinancing in the shorter terms, this is still a great strategy and a fantastic time to do that. The 15-year fixed is right around three and a half percent. So um, maybe you didn't refinance a few years ago because you couldn't qualify or you're having credit issues or your, your property was not yet with enough equity and you missed the low of the lows. Um, remember that refinancing isn't always just to get yourself a, a lower payment. Um, if you're comfortable with your payment, refinancing um, really, I think, does two huge things. Number one is it resets the tax write-off power of your home loan. Because if you go into a new loan with a shorter term, that interest is front-loaded into the front side of the loan again. You maximize the tax deduction that your home is for you. And then at the same time, if you're shortening your amortization term down to 15 years um, with a payment that's equal to what it is right now on your third year that you've got 19 years left to go on, let's just say you pay 2000 bucks a month for your home, going into a 15 year might save you four years worth of payments. Now all of a sudden we're talking about $100,000 you're getting out of just for having the wherewithal to be paying close enough attention, come in and get yourself a new loan. Um, you know, other things too, just food for thought, mortgage insurance is way less on a 15 year loan than it is on a 30 year loan. And it stops way sooner because of the rate you're amortizing at. So if you've got, um, maybe not enough equity and couldn't justify doing it in a 30 year, but your income is such that you can support a slightly higher payment, paying your loan off early saves you a ton of dough. You know, what's interesting is a lot of people, we, we talk about it a lot on this show with FHA loans, we kind of view them as a loan of last resort because that mortgage insurance is so high. When we reference that mortgage insurance being so high, we're talking about the FHA 30-year loan. The FHA 15-year loan has a substantially lower mortgage insurance. Um, the The monthly mortgage insurance on a 30-year FHA loan is a on a annual basis is 1.35% of your loan amount. It can, on a typical home in San Luis Obispo County, you're looking at upwards of 300, sometimes up upwards of $500 a month just for mortgage insurance. That 15 year um, annual mortgage insurance rate is 0.5%. Um, so it can be a, a really good tool. It's less than a third. Yeah, I mean, now you're talking about normal kind of mortgage insurance rates. That's in line with conventional mortgage insurance. So if you're looking at wanting to reduce your term, but maybe you have a credit issue that prevents you from getting into conventional, um, or I don't know, some other reason, lack of equity or something, um, the FHA 15-year is not a bad option at all. No. Um, it's it's really a, a, a good loan program. Plus, FHA interest rates are 
typically a quarter to a half a percent lower than a conventional rate. So not only are you moving into a loan that has a lower interest rate, but it also has comparable mortgage insurance to a conventional loan. So it can be a really good option for someone. And it brings me just back to the point where I just want to say, if you've been told no elsewhere, or you're at home qualifying yourself, or more importantly, disqualifying yourself based on things you read about, you could be leaving some serious money on the table. Um, you got to remember that we're, um, you know, we're only paid if we're a hundred percent successful in getting a loan across the finish line for you. Um, we'll be able to work with you to see logically if you should be doing a transaction or not. But we come up with some pretty creative proposals because if we can, we get to make a buck and gain a new client. And if we can't, um, we get to make a new client, new friend, and uh, move on. But getting together and doing kind of an overview on the loan that you have and what options exist and where um, – just believe me when I tell you that you don't you don't think about your loan the way that I'm going to think about your loan. I know how to how to view it backwards and forwards. We can figure out um, some great way to make it happen, um, or to tell you that congrats, you're in a perfect spot and you need to just stick with what you got. That happens a lot too. So if you guys are in a position where you'd like to get that overview, come in and and put a face to a name here and and sit down and do it together. Uh, by all means, give us a call. We're at 543-LOAN, which is 543-5626. And also we're on the on the web, of course, centralcoastlending.com. And um, feels like a great time, about a quarter until 11 here. We're going to head out for the final commercial break of the show. So stick around after this short break. we got more to come. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical. Like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you buy your next home. We promise to close on time, on budget, with no surprises. Give Central Coast Lending a call today. When you buy or 
Central Coast, Central Coast Lending. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back. Thanks so much for being with us. Um, well, we were chatting a little bit before just about the importance of um, knowing where you stand with your loan. And um, I really just try and emphasize that there's such a resource here um, in a no sales pressure environment to come in and get help. And um, I just want you all to know that if you want to do that, you can. 543 loan, that's the number to the company. Um, during the break, Dan and I got into a little sidebar here about um, what's going on with interest rates and what's likely to come. Um, and it seems timely that we talk about it just a little bit because uh, we're in this position now where the feds are roughly six weeks away from being completely done with um, QE3, this new quantitative easing program that's helped keep rates for so uh, so low for so long. Um, and so now what happens, man, is the sky falling? Are we going to see rates shoot up overnight? Is this going to be like the final blow to the housing economy that does send everything back into a tailspin? Uh, or are we going to uh, weather the storm and it's just going to be more of the same? And then I guess the flip side of the coin is, is that coming back to normalcy, um, and seeing the economy have uh, the ability to stand on its own two feet, is that going to be enough to actually be the kickstart that everyone's been waiting for? Us, the money's out of the economy. Uh, is it time to say, hey, thank God we are good now and everything's okay and time to get back to growing? Yeah, it's certainly a hot topic right now. A lot, you know, a lot of Americans are enjoying the low interest rates and the opportunities it's affording them to own real estate or you know, pay off debts while interest rates are low. There's a large segment of Americans who feel the opposite. They want rates to be higher. They don't have a lot of debt. What they have is assets that aren't earning them anything, um, and they'd like to see a return on those assets. So there's a lot of different ways it can go, but certainly with the winding down of QE, um, the the right around the corner is the the Fed funds rate. And, and what is the Fed going to do with that Fed funds rate, once QE's over, um, it's been hovering at zero to a quarter percent for what four or five years now—a long time. Um, we've been told over the past year and a half or so that um, we'd likely see increases to the Fed funds rate approximately six months after the expiration of quantitative easing. So that would, um, you know, if, if quantitative e easing is going to be over come Halloween, we'd be looking um, sometime around April, 
at raising the Fed funds rate. Usually rising interest rates are associated with robust job growth and robust GDP growth. And continued in both. Correct. And as, as great as our rebound has been in the economy and as, as good as it is to see unemployment rate down close to 6% and, and solid but not overwhelming you know, job growth month to month, um, it just doesn't seem like what I would consider robust. And GDP, I mean, we're coming off a negative first quarter of GDP, a second quarter that looks poised to um, exceed normal perhaps just making up for the the lackluster first quarter but nothing robust it doesn't there's no signs that this is going to continue going forward um, beyond the second quarter I Janet Yellen herself this week was quoted as saying um, that the labor force is underutilized despite the unemployment rate falling to 6.1 percent so that's a good indicator that there's probably not going to be a an urgency to raise interest rates. That's the indication, anyway. It's tough to predict. Yeah, hard to say that it, that uh, it could go either way. Honestly, I mean that's that's where I I sit and say I don't see rates going up anytime quick. So I don't know. We don't have a lot of time left on the show, um, so we want to jump to the the last caller that we can probably fit in the show. It's Warren calling from San Luis Obispo. Yeah, I'm a little confused. So you guys are betting that the interest rates are going to move up. Is that right? Uh, Earlier in the year, I was convinced that they would probably be higher by the end of the year. But um, so far, what we've learned this year is that interest rates have actually declined since the feds not okay. only yeah, implemented their plan, but have almost completed it, rates are lower than where they began the tapering. Okay, so now maybe uh, like when they stop the quantitative easing three, do you think rates might plummet? No, I don't think they're going to plummet. No. I, I think they're going to – I think we're on a long-term track of raise, rates going higher. Whether or not they're going to go substantially higher in the short term is what we're discussing. Yeah, and, uh, and by the way, the, the market – has had this on their radar now for at least a year, um, and I believe it's completely and totally priced in at this point. And if anything, I would think at the conclusion, if the sky doesn't fall on November 1st, we're probably going to see rates ease up just a little bit because um, caution always pads things a little bit to the high side. And once the once the unknowns of the how it actually winds up and what is the stock market doing and how is the job market and you know is credit tight again all those things kind of are known in November um, I expect that the caution padding will come out and we'll see a slight decline um, but you know it's speculation there's no way to know for sure okay then one last thing uh, you know the, these people that sell home insurance you ever have any of those people on as guests like uh, homeowners insurance? Yeah, that's a homeowners insurance. Yeah. Like fire insurance, earthquake. You ever have a guest like that? We've had a couple on, and um, I think we are probably coming to the point where we should probably do it again. It's always a good conversation. Um, a, a shocking amount of people are underinsured. Yes. Okay, thank you. All right. Thank you. Maybe Warren's an insurance agent. He's angling <laughs> for a spot on the show. If you are, Warren, we'll take it. Uh, give us a call this week. We'll set you up. And if you're not, uh, we hear you, and we'll get you an insurance guest on the show so you can get those questions answered. Um, now, look, 
there's like four minutes to go. I mean, I got more news things to talk about, but uh, do we got enough time to develop one? Jim says no. It's up. It's up to you. Maybe talk about your sponsors. Who? I don't know. How about an insurance sponsor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, hey, truly though, a couple things this week because every week we try to give the same stuff. Usually do this pretty early in the show. Um, initial jobless claims have been going down for months in a row. The four-week moving average has gotten really nice and low. This week was uh, kind of a rogue little movement here. We added 11,000 jobs to uh, – or 11,000 initial applications for that jobless benefits claim. Um, this week it's up at 315,000. Still a very good low number. Um, and then additionally, other things that moved the market a little bit this week was a pretty strong retail sales number was at least um, exceeded expectations um, plus 0.6%. So um, regardless of how tight that consumer is being pinched, he is out spending money. And so that's usually a pretty good thing to see. It tells us that in spite of the job woes and problems over uh, wage growth and savings and all those metrics we track that these guys are actually out spending money. Um, auto made up a little bit of that increased retail sales this month. And last month, retail sales was flat because auto was kind of absent from the picture. So I think we're seeing the year-end model clearance sales are coming into the retail sales numbers. Um, and then a little read from import and export prices, um, both import and export were down a little bit. Um, that's not too big of a market mover, but a little something. If you're one of those folks in the labor force feeling underutilized or underemployed, you'd be happy to know that job openings are at a 13-year high. Get out there and get some. Best time to look for a new job is when you already have a job. Yep. Update that resume. Find one. Um, hey, guys. If you have any loan needs at all or you got friends or family members that do, uh, we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you. Um, we have so many uh, loan programs and products available. We have the ability generally to beat any offer that somebody's given. Um, you know, could run the cheesy ad. If we can't beat it, we'll take you out to lunch. So let's do that. Um, come on in with somebody else's fee worksheet or quote and, and we'll make better of it for you. Um, call us this week. We're at 543-LOAN, which is 543-5626. Additionally, you can find us on the web, centralcoastlending.com. You'll find a variety of resources there to get you on your way. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. We'll be back next week for another great new episode of Mortgage Matters. Have a great week.